Well, Pastor Stacy mentioned how we, you know, finished up our 21-day fast. Uh, yesterday was the last day of that fast. Congratulations to those of you who participated in it. You didn't die, right? Amen. <laughs> you grew spiritually, hopefully, through that time. Um, you know, and so it's, it's exciting. I, I'm not going to say who, but one of our young people told me today that, uh, you know, the Lord has moved on her heart to, uh, to extend the fast. And so that's, that's good. That's good to hear. And I would encourage all of you, you know, before you break it, make sure that you ask the Lord is, are you done? Have you done what you want to do? I know I'll be extending mine a little bit further as well. So, uh, so that's exciting. Um, I also want to encourage all of us to strongly consider making prayer and fasting a regular part of your life, right? Most of us, prayer is a part of our lives, but I'm talking about prayer and fasting where you're pairing the two together. I encourage you to make it a regular part of what you do uh, from this day forward. Don't let it just be that, hey, we start the year off with a 21-day fast. Um, make it some kind of a regular part of what you do spiritually so that you can grow, that you can walk in greater levels of the power of the kingdom of God and see God do greater things. And besides that, as disciples of Christ, Jesus has an expectation that we pray and fast. Right? For those of you who didn't say amen and therefore don't believe me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 17 says it plainly. But you, when you fast. The you that he's talking to are his disciples. And once again, he doesn't say if you decide to or if Pastor Charles can twist your arm enough so that you fast. He just says when. That's assumptive language. That's what I learned in sales. You use assumptive language, right? Cam, do you want four or five of these widgets that I'm selling? I don't ask, do you want one? I just, how many? I'm assuming he wants it. That's the, that's the kind of language that Jesus is using here, assumptive language. Right. Eddie, when you fast. Jolene, when you fast. Linda, when you fast. Right, Megan, when you fast. Elijah, I know you're young, but when you fast. Mm -hmm. It's a part of this life that we call a walk with Christ. He expects his disciples to fast and pray on somewhat of a regular basis. So make that a part of your life. And if we choose not to, I submit to you for consideration that you may have an idol in your life mm. called your stomach <laughs> or your belly, Come on now. right? I, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but if the shoe fits, wear it, right? Like if, if we refuse to fast or that, you know, that's for those people, then, then we might have an idol in our life and it may be our stomach. Man, service was going so well. We were so excited and pumped up. And 
I'm not here to pamper us. I'm here to challenge us to go to the next level because just about everyone in this room, I assume, wants to go to another level in their walk with Christ and in their discipleship. So I got to just tell you the truth. And that is that if we refuse to fast or we just choose not to do it, we probably have an idol in our lives. We got to get that taken care of. Amen? Amen. So today I want to look at the second four benefits of prayer and fasting. We talked about this. We started this a couple weeks ago, and I want to do a quick review of those first four um, the first one that we talked about is when fasting, prayer and fasting is done right, it helps us to be spiritually minded. The second one is prayer and fasting turns our hearts back to God in repentance. The third one we talked about was prayer and fasting leads to answered prayer and greater sensitivity to the voice of God. And the fourth one is that prayer and fasting increases faith and moves demonic strongholds. There's nothing in those first four that I don't want. I want greater sensitivity to the voice of the Lord. I want my prayers answered. I want to be more spiritually minded. Life is easier when I'm spiritually minded. Right? I want demonic influences moved out of my life and out of my sphere of influence, out of my city. Right? I want to have a greater sensitivity to God's voice so that when he speaks to me, I know that it's him and I respond accordingly. So let's dig into these next four benefits of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting, when done properly, humbles us and makes us tender to the hardships of others, including your enemies, right? Now, we know what the scripture says. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness and heavenly places. But sometimes people look like our enemies. Yeah. And sometimes there are people who do not have our best interests in mind, and so they fight against us. And I'm telling you, prayer and fasting can make us sensitive even to them. Mm-hmm. Can make us sensitive to the hardships and the things that they are going through. I remember early on in our ministry, there was a young man who came into our church when we were in uh, Kimberly, and he was a very dynamic personality. Everyone in the church loved him except for me. It's not that I didn't love him. I just didn't feel right about him. I remember people saying to me, Pastor, why, why don't you just give him a chance? And I remember my wife even saying, you need to just give him a chance. And I said, I'm trying to, but the spirit won't let me. There's something in my spirit that knows something ain't right about that dude. And he slandered me and tried to split the church and start his own church. He just did some crazy stuff, you know, and, and, and I was angry. I mean, I was, I was mad at the Lord. I was mad at anything and everything, right? But I, so I had to go on a fast to get over this bitterness that was building in my heart towards this guy. And I really felt like God broke it. I really felt like he broke it. And about a year later, I remember Ken calling me and saying, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? And I was like, no, what, what are you talking about? He said, you, you should probably go check it out online. And I checked out online. This guy got arrested for uh, some evil stuff. 
And I knew that God had done a work in my heart through that time of fasting and prayer because I didn't rejoice. I said, oh, no, Lord. Fast forward a couple years later, and I'm sitting down with a client who does jail ministry, and they're telling me about this young man that they minister to in the prison who's dynamic and has all these giftings, and his name is, and once again, I'm saying, thank you, Lord. I'm glad I went on that fast because when I heard his name this time, I also didn't get bitter. I didn't rejoice in the fact that he got what he deserved. My response was, oh, God, do something in his heart. I'm telling you, church, when we will pray and fast, it will make us sensitive to the hardships of others. Amen? Amen. And it humbles us. Psalm chapter 35, we'll start reading in verse 11. David is speaking here and he says, fierce witnesses rise up. They ask me things that I do not know. They reward me evil for good to sorrow to the sorrow of my soul. Now listen how David responds. He says, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting and my prayer would return to my own heart. I paced about as though He were my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one who mourns for his mother. You see how David said, I I humbled myself. They they were evil towards me, but I, I humbled myself by prayer and fasting. Whenever you see in the scripture they talk about fasting, you can just assume prayer is there. Because they understand when you fast, you pray. And so he's, I, they returned me evil for good, but when I heard about their hardship, when I heard about their sickness, when I heard about their divorce, when I heard about them losing their job, yep. when I heard about them losing their family member, I fasted and prayed for them. I humbled myself. And I cried out to you for them, Lord. Well, David, why would you do that? These people are fiercely against you. They're your enemies. Well, because they're still loved by my father who's in heaven. And more than that, I am a son of my father who is in heaven. And as he's good to the just and the unjust, I need to be loving and merciful and kind and prayerful, even for my enemies. I'm not saying it's easy. Trust me, you're going to have to fast for some of us. You're going to have to fast to get there. Some of y'all have a gift of mercy. It does, it just, you're just, you just have a, it's a gift. Trust me. I have to fast and pray. I was raised as a fighter by my father. Not saying it was right, but that's just how he raised me. And so my response is typically, let's go. But then I get saved and it's like, no, that's, that's not how your heavenly father operates. And so I have to go through this whole process of unlearning what I've learned. And I'm not, 
Not that I'm against counseling. I'm not laying on the couch for that. I've got to pray and fast. I have to humble myself so that God can deal with my heart and bring transformation into my life so that when my enemies are in a bad place, I'm sensitive to it. I'm prayerful for them. In fact, isn't that kind of what we're called to do as believers? Doesn't Jesus say, don't return evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but return evil with good, right? Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who treat you spitefully and abuse you and use you. I'm not saying keep yourself in a place where they can continue to beat you over the head, but you can separate yourself from that environment and pray for them, right? I mean, think about if the church... I'm not talking about Breakthrough Covenant Church. I'm just talking about the church in America in general. Think about if we prayed as much for our leaders that we disagreed with as we do complaining about them. I'll just say it. What if we prayed for Tony Evers or Joe Biden as much as we complain about them? We might see a change in their heart. We might see a change in their policies. What if we prayed for the people who are in the LGBTQ community as as much as we complain about them? Right? When we fast and pray, it humbles us. It shouldn't make us sensitive to the situations and the issues that others are facing if we're doing it right. During this last 21 days, you should recognize a level of sensitivity in you that is not generally there. Right? I, I did. I, I want more sensitivity. I want to be, be more sensitive to, to, the, to the plight of others because I want to be more like my father who is in heaven. I want my first thought to be maybe they're having a bad day versus, man, he's a jerk. And then my wife has to say, well, maybe... Yeah, you're right, maybe. Because she has a gift of mercy. Right? Why is it so quiet this morning? (laughs) So if you're struggling to be sensitive to the hardship of others, get a regular practice of prayer and fasting. It helps you to live out love your neighbor. It helps you to live out pray for and love your enemy. Amen? Amen. The next benefit of prayer and fasting that I want to discuss is prayer and fasting weakens our flesh and our fleshly appetites. We all have them. There's things I used to be engaged in that disgust me. Things that used to be a part of my lifestyle, I don't even know how I live like that. There's other things that if I'm not careful, it'll start to pull on my flesh. They start to look appealing again. So I've got to have proper boundaries up in my life. One of those boundaries is I need to pray and fast because praying and fasting humbles me and it connects my heart to the heart of God. It starts to work out of me those fleshly desires, those fleshly lusts, those fleshly appetites that are not leading me deeper into intimacy with God, but they're actually leading me more away from my heavenly father. So I got to pray and fast regularly 
Amen? In Psalms chapter 109, verse 24, David is speaking again. He says, my knees are weak through fasting and my flesh is feeble from lack of fatness because I haven't eaten. My knees are weak. My flesh is weak. My, my desire for fleshly things is even weak. Let me, let me say it this way. As, as you feed your flesh, like physically, like overeating or whatever, you should, you should recognize that, that what you're doing is you're strengthening that fallen part of you. Some of us will, will, will eat and, and we, we can't be satisfied, so we go eat something else and we still aren't satisfied and we go eat something else. And, and we're still not, and, and before you know it, you're, you're, you've overeaten. And now you're sluggish and lethargic and you don't feel good. And how can you hear the voice of God in that condition? But I'll tell you, you starve the flesh. Man, it, it quiets that thing down. It, it gets louder at first. Don't get me wrong. It gets louder at first. I'm hungry. Feed me. And it's shut up, flesh. You're neglecting me. Be quiet, flesh. After about a day or two, it knows who's the boss. Right? It quiets that down. Now your spirit, man, can hear from the voice of the Lord. Now those fleshly appetites aren't as appealing as they used to be. Why? It's not because uh, your flesh somehow no longer wants it. It's because your spirit, man, is enjoying communion and fellowship with God on a deeper level. David says, my knees are weak through fasting. And my flesh is feeble for lack of fatness. And can I tell you, that's a good place for us to be in from time to time. Because when the flesh is weak, the spirit is more open. Let me say it this way. When your flesh is weak, your spirit hears more clearly from the voice of the Lord. For some of us, we're not hearing the voice of God because we just indulge our flesh so much. There's things in our lives that we know we ought not do or that we need to remove, but we refuse to do it. And now we're complaining because I don't hear God speak to me. Or, or we, we have this whole thing, well, well, you know, God doesn't speak to me. Dean, God doesn't speak to me. No, he speaks. The problem is your flesh is too in charge. The flesh don't want you to hear the voice of the Lord. Because it knows if you hear the voice of God, transformation, change is coming. And the flesh doesn't want change to come because then it will lose control. Your desires start to align with God's desires. And when your desires start to align with God's desires, you start to pray according to what God desires. Until then, your, your prayers might be fleshly. Right? More cheesecake, Lord. <laughs> Bigger steaks. Steaks like meat. Right? I want to be clear. Not something you drive in the ground is the point that I'm making. I got a few weird looks. What's he talking about? Food. Yes, thank you, Doc. It's good to have a professor as a friend and brother. 
But our prayers can be so fleshly when we won't put our flesh in its proper place. And then we get frustrated with God because he's not answering my prayer and prayer doesn't work. And before you know it, we're all together finished with, with prayer. And you get caught in this vicious cycle of wanting more but not getting more. And therefore, I'm not going to pray. And so you're getting even less. And so therefore, I'm not going to pray. And then you're, it's just, it's a vicious cycle. And so let me starve my flesh and feed my spirit so that the appetites of my flesh are no longer ruling my life, but I'm being directed by the Spirit. And here's something else to understand. There's, 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 three, there's, there's four voices really that speak to you, right? There's your voice, there's the voice of the enemy, there's the voice of God, and some of us may hear the voice of angels, right? We, we see that in scripture where angels show up and they, they give a, a message. Most of the time when the voice of, when your own voice is speaking to you, it's something fleshly, right? Most of the time, I'm not saying always, but most of the time it's, it's something fleshly. And so we have to get into this place where we're here, where we're recognizing what voice is speaking to me and therefore considering, should I do what this voice is saying to me? I'm not talking about schizophrenia here. I'm just talking about just thoughts that we have, right? Is that, that's my flesh. I need to, I need to search that out a little bit more before I move on it. Oh, that's the voice of the Lord. I, I need to, I, I just need to go. Right? If an angel manifests, I, I'm going. Right? Because if we will start to train ourselves to know what voice is speaking to us, we'll get greater breakthrough in our lives. Our prayer lives will be transformed. Our walk with Jesus will be all that we want it to be and even more so. But I first have to start to master this practice of prayer and fasting. It quiets my flesh and the appetites of the flesh. Amen? Amen. Prayer and fasting builds up our spirit, man. And if you're going to overcome your flesh, you better have a strong spirit, man. Right? If, if, if your flesh looks like... Uh, the rock and your spirit man looks like <laughs> I was going to say Kevin Durant but Chris Rock is a good one <laughs> so if, if your spirit man looks like the rock and your flesh looks like Chris Rock you might be in trouble <laughs> right? Prayer and fasting <laughs> builds up our spirit, man. We get spiritual muscles. We get spiritual strength. We, we get the ability to endure hardship because we pray and fast. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10, it says, <clears throat> Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Right? Now, Paul is telling us, don't be deceived to think that your sowing isn't going to create a harvest. 
All sowing will create a harvest. Well, I have a garden at home and all I get is weeds. That's a harvest. Not what you want, but it's a harvest. Right? So do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now listen to this. And let us not grow weary, weary while doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So he who sows to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will of the Holy Spirit reap everlasting life. Don't just think about I'm saved. I want everlasting life in my relationships, in my ministry, in my career, in my finances, in every area of my life. I want eternal life coming. Not that I can take my career on once I leave from this place, but I'm saying I want the power of eternal life active and alive in every single area of my life. I feel sorry for people who think they have to live this broke down, beat up life until they die and get on the other side of this thing called life. No, you can live a prosperous, uh, uh, great life now. I'm not saying millionaire, because some of us ain't ready for that, right? I was talking to Eddie a couple weeks ago, and I was saying, man, I'm not ready. Charles Butler is not ready to have $100 million, because I know me. I'll just start answering everything with money, right? I'll just start throwing money at every problem versus going to the Lord in prayer. And so what I'm saying is like, Lord, help me get beyond that. Because if you, if you want to bring $100 million into my life, I want to receive it. Some of us can't handle a million dollars, $10 million. We just can't because it'll change the way we live before God. Right? So I have to make sure and you have to make sure that you are consistently sowing to your spirit so that you can of the spirit reap everlasting life. This abundant life that Jesus Christ lived and died and was resurrected to provide for you and I. Now, in the process of sowing to the spirit, don't quit early. I've been fasting and praying for 19 days and nothing is changing. I've been fasting for, and praying for 20 days, 23 hours, and nothing is changing. Don't you know all it takes is one word from the Lord to change your whole situation? He doesn't need years to turn it around. We just sung, God turned it around. He doesn't need years to turn it around. All he has to say is done, right? I love the man. I think he had a servant that was, uh, that was sick at home, and Jesus was going to come and pray for his servant, Renee. And he says, listen, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my house. I'm just not worthy. But here's what I recognize. I, too, am a man under authority, and I have soldiers under my authority. And I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. So I recognize, Jesus, that you have authority in the Spirit. You don't need to come to my house. Just speak the word. 
So Jesus is like, whoa, I haven't found faith like this, not even in Israel, because this was a Gentile man saying that. My people don't even have faith like this. He says, go your way. He's, he's, he's healed. It's done. So he goes back home and finds that his servant is, and they're like, yeah, it happened around one o'clock yesterday, which is when Jesus, was, when Jesus declared the word. What is my point? My point is we cannot grow weary while doing good. We cannot grow weary while sowing to, our, to the spirit. It's in due time we'll reap a harvest. In due time it will be done for us. In God's timing, he will answer that prayer. He will give you that breakthrough. He will deal with that situation. Right? Right? So just keep doing it. It's the right thing. Keep sowing to the spirit. Keep sowing to the spirit. Your harvest is coming. Too many of us give up quickly. I tried that fasting and prayer once. And all it led to was hunger pains. It's because you was doing it wrong, bro. (laughs) Right? It's because you were doing it wrong. Or it's because you quit early. Right? Think about it. When we started this series, I said, write a vision for your fast. And write down some things you want to see God do. Some of us are like, man, 21 days are over. Praise the Lord. I can eat again. And I think for some of us, the Lord is saying, I'm not done yet. You want, that, you want that prayer answered? You want that situation turned around? You want that person healed? You want that increase? You want that raise? Come on. Stick in there a little bit longer. Keep going. I'm not done yet. Right? Amen. Isn't, that what we're, isn't that how we're supposed to live as disciples of Christ anyway? It's not supposed to be about what I want. I gave up that right when I accepted his sacrifice. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live to please Christ, not myself. In fact, the scripture says, you are not your own. You've been bought at a price. Paul introduces himself as the slave of Christ. I had a guy tell me, don't use that word. Don't use that word. Bro, listen, no, I'm gonna use that word. Because it's a perfect depiction of how we are to operate in our relationship with Christ. Don't think of American slavery where it was brutal and all this other kind of stuff. Think from the standpoint of, I have no rights. I'm submitted to 100% my master. Right? In fact, think of it this way. Jesus, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say, right? That's Jesus. So who are we not to operate in the same way? If Jesus was okay being submitted to the father's authority, why aren't we? Amen? So let's pray and fast because we're sowing to the spirit so that the spirit can bring a harvest of everlasting life into our lives. Mm -hmm. And don't quit early. 
keep going. Keep pressing. Keep trusting. Keep praying. Right? Because in due season, you're going to reap. I think, I'm not a gardener, but I would imagine the longer it takes for the harvest to come, the more valuable the harvest. Right? I think. I mean, weeds pop up overnight. Just ask my front yard. I'll cut that thing today. Tomorrow I'll look out there and it's like, where did that come from? Overnight. Right? But then there's other spots in my yard that I've been nursing for two years now. It's like this, this coming spring is going to be the year. There's going to be grass here in Jesus' name. Right? If not, I'm just giving up and I'm going to put a tree there or something. No, I'm going to keep sowing <laughs> till I reap my harvest. That's how we need to be in the spirit. Amen? The next thing is that prayer and fasting, <clears throat> and this is very important, prayer and fasting is a time to evaluate how we treat people and make the proper corrections. And when we do that, we receive intimacy with God, we receive answered prayer, we receive healed bodies, we receive deliverance, we receive victory. There's so much that we receive when we take a time of prayer and fasting to evaluate how we are operating in our relationships with others, right? And if you're fasting and praying the right way, you don't have to spend a lot of time evaluating the Lord to reveal it to you. You might spend your time of fasting and prayer just apologizing to folk. You know what I mean? It's not that you're a bad person. It's just that we get caught up in our own lives, in our own situations. And, and sometimes I, I can do this, right? So I'm going to say this, I'll be transparent, but hopefully it helps you understand me because you might have been offended by this at some point in time. I can, whenever I go somewhere, I'm thinking about what I need to do when I get there. So I can get to a place like church and it's like, okay, I'm here. I need to do this. And I can walk right past people because I'm focused on the reason I'm here. And I miss Mary Jo, right? Or I miss Dean or I miss Jessica. Not that I don't love them. There's a task. There's a reason I'm here. And so what Pastor Mary Jo will do sometimes is she'll say, Renee does this too. Good morning, Pastor. And it's like, oh yeah, good morning. It snaps me out of that. I pull up in the back here and I have to say, if there's someone in the room, acknowledge them. Because I'm a task-focused individual. Right? So if I hurt any of your feelings, be healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> now you know what's going on. Right? Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So, so when you're praying and fasting the right way, the Lord can stop you and just say, hey, listen. Like, look at them. And you look at them and it's like, what, what's wrong? Well, nothing's wrong. Why, why are you just, your eyes look different. What's wrong? They just start falling apart. Amen? Let's look at Isaiah chapter 58, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation because I think it's easier for us to understand and to see 
what's going on here. Um, Isaiah 58, chapter, or verse 1, it says, Shout with the voice of, the, of a trumpet uh, blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sin. So, so the Lord is speaking to the prophet Isaiah. That's, that's the Lord speaking to the prophet Isaiah. Do we have the right verse up here? Okay. I just saw a couple of you looking like, that's not the same thing he's reading. Yet they act pious. This is the Lord. Yet they act pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like, right, like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. That's the Lord saying, that's what the Lord is saying about the condition of his people, the nation of Israel. But listen, that can be you and I. Verse three, now Israel's, this is how Israel speaks. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice, God. Anyone ever been there? God, I do this and I give that and you don't even care. You don't even recognize it. I love the Lord's response. He says, I will tell you why. It is because you are fasting to please yourselves. Now listen, even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your head like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think that this will please the Lord? You're just going through the motions. And what a waste of time. Verse six, now this is the kind of fasting I want. The Lord is saying, this is how I want you to fast. Free those who are wrongly in prison. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from, do not hide from your relatives who need help, right? Then your salvation will come like, like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and, your, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call the Lord, uh, then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your fingers and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry, help those who are in trouble. Then your light will shine out of the darkness and the darkness around you will be bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually and give you water when you are dry and restore your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. So you will rebuild the desert ruins of your cities. Then you will know, then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. 
Prayer and fasting is a time for us to evaluate how we're operating in our relationship with others. And if we'll be honest and allow the Lord to be to allow the Lord reveal to us how we're operating, breakthrough comes. Once we change, once we acknowledge and make the proper corrections. Do you see that? Like the Lord is saying, you're doing all this fasting and praying and, and, it's, and, and you're frustrated because I'm not responding, but it's because you're doing this outwardly, inwardly, you still ain't right. This is the kind of fasting that I want you to do. Free the oppressed. Those you've been hard on, lighten their burden and lighten their load. He goes through this whole list of things that we need to do so that he can acknowledge the fasting and prayer that we are participating in. So you're just being too harsh, too short, too impatient with people, right? Are you in a place where it's like, man, people, people are really just getting on my nerves right now. You might need to fast, right? I'm serious. When I read this, I was convicted. I was like, okay, now I know what I need to do when I start getting just sick of people because I get, I get sick of people, man, and I know they get sick of me and, oh, well, right? But I just get to that place, and it's like, okay, when I'm starting to feel that, I need to spend some time in prayer and fasting. I need to draw away and let God reveal the condition of my heart. I need to humble myself before him. Amen? Amen. As I close, I want to read the verse that we started with today from Matthew chapter 6, verse 17. But you, when you fast, put your name in there, right? But Charles, when you fast, but Josh, when you fast, India, when you fast, right? Heather, when you fast, Eddie, when you fast, Jacob, Michelle, when you fast, the Lord has an expectation of us that call on his name, that prayer and fasting is a regular part of what we do. How long would you last on your job if your boss has an expectation of you and you consistently violate that expectation? Hey, I, I, you know, uh, Don, I, I want you to show up on time. But what's on time? Eight o'clock. Okay, see you at nine tomorrow. Hey, uh, Don, why are you here at nine the last four days in a row? Well, because... I know you have an expectation of eight, but who cares? This is about me. About a week later, 
You're going to come into work. They're going to say, hey, Cam, meet your replacement. <laughs> right? Here's a box of your stuff. God bless you. But this is what we do because we never do that on our job. But the Lord says, when you fast, and it's like, ah, fasting ain't for me. And here's why we do that. Because we have this false understanding of the love of God. That God so loves me, he'll overlook. And it's like, no, he's, he's, he's not going to overlook that. Some of our issues that we have in our lives that we just can't seem to get beyond are tied to disobedience and rebellion. So before we start praying, Lord, deliver and set free. Maybe we need to start with, Lord, I repent. Show me where I have violated your expectation of me. And I'm just telling you, church, Prayer and fasting is one of those ways that we're violating an expectation that God has for our lives. Another one, and I won't go here too, too deeply, is in our Sabbath. I'm going to leave that one alone. So once again, Jesus is saying, when you fast, my disciple. So my challenge to everyone in this room and everyone watching online is that you take some time today, if you have not already done this, to start to lay out a plan of how you are going to implement fasting and prayer as a regular part of your life. Now, regular doesn't mean it has to be every day or that it has to be 21 days or that it has to be every week or every whatever. You just need to have some kind of a plan that you present to the Lord and say, Lord, this is how I, Charles Butler, is going to implement fasting and prayer as a regular part of what I do. You're a disciple of Christ. Hopefully. And of his disciples, there's an expectation. So we need to start to think about that. Start writing it down. Right? You know, the, the great thing about like these cell phones we have now right, is, is, is they really are smart. They're little computers, right? And so here's what you can do, is you can present your plan to the Lord. Lord, this is how I'm going to start to regularly fast. And you can plug that into this thing on here called a calendar. And you can get a reminder two weeks ahead of time, a week ahead of time, a day or two days or an hour before, right? So I set mine. Right? I, I know what I'm going to be fasting. It's set up in here and it's going to send me a notice two days before and the day before. Because most of us, it's not that we just don't want to fast. 
we're just busy. And before you know it, it's like, oh, I, I, we, we, we make this plan. You know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast on the first day of the month. And before you know it, you're 15 days into the month. And it's like, ah. So I'm setting myself a reminder. Two days out. Right? Why two days out? Then I can tell Stacy. So she's not cooking what I like. And then, hey, I forgot to tell you, I'm not eating that right now. Then the day out is for me. Amen? I think we'll start to see transformation come into our lives. Why? Because the word tells us we will. So Father, we thank you for this season of fasting that we have just completed.